Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast. I'm your host, Adi Bulubasi, joined here by Lambro and Konstantin Levoyanis. Missing Peter today. He's doing a studious PhD thing, so we don't begrudge him that. He'll be back on the next episode. Got a lot of stuff today, a couple of games, some post-match to get through. A hilarious post-match for this Gipelo game. We'll get into that a little bit later. First things first, some housekeeping. We've got a jam-packed week and a half for you guys in store. Coming up this Monday, we have Chris Wheatley joining us. He's the chief Arsenal reporter at Football London. Some of you may have noticed he was scouting the competition during the Kipelo match today. He was posting about Bukhalaikis' gorgeous, gorgeous steal, watching the, the King of Thieves himself. But he'll be joining us Monday. And then on Tuesday, we have a bit of a surprise pre-match for you guys. Uh, the Arsenal Fan TV founder, Robbie Lyle, is going to join us for an impromptu pre-match chat ahead of what is basically becoming a grudge match these days. Uh, please hop on, the check out the Arsenal Fan TV YouTube channel. They're hilarious. And we're going to be on there. He's going to be joining us as well for one of our episodes. So it's going to be a fun series. This Friday, or next Friday, I should say, we have Michael Keshini, the writer for Ars Blog. It's Arsenal Blog, but cut short. And he writes for About and Football London as well. He is going to be joining us for a post-game chat after the first leg next week. We're really excited to talk to him, getting a ton of content, a ton of insight into this Arsenal team coming up to the next week. There is still more stuff coming. We promised you guys at the start of the new year, the ovens are cooking at Gate 7 International. Got a lot of content, a lot of stuff in store for you. We're going to leave you with this for now. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Piraeus International. Piraeus International has been helping Greek ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out from Baltimore, Maryland every month. Fill any large U-Haul box, 18 by 18 by 24, and send it to our friends in Baltimore. They'll have it shipped to the port of Piraeus for only $50. Better yet, you can fill any large wardrobe box and send it for $100. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send them an email to sales at piraeusintl.com. Lombro, you got some news for us? Yeah, I'll start off with the news. So there's going to be elections for the Hellenic Football Association, the EPO as it's called. Zagorakis, I thought... A lot of people were saying he was going to do it. I guess he's not leaving Brussels. You know, the money's too good from the European Parliament. Um, and yeah, it's like, what did you say? There's like some random woman in the running now. Like another ex-player turned them down. Like I just—it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. This is a there's it's a whole mess. I mean, Vasily Sabrako wrote a really nice article, kind of just top-down look at what's going on, and then Foss wrote an article as well, just kind of explaining the quagmire that right now is EPO and the future of EPO. No one really seems to want to take the reins, so to speak. It's very curious, if, and it's not looking good, so to speak. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, for sure. And I, I we'll, we'll have more on that as things get close to her. And now there's a rumor from uh, Socrates returning to the national team. 
But I just want to point out that it's sport time. Reporting on the sport time also was the one who talked about Manolas returning to the national team. And I don't, I don't want to burn the bridge, but sport time have some problems with sport time as a <laughs> as a source. So I don't know how truthful this is. They've also posted some other BS in the past, and not even football related, like news, fake news related. Like they're just a really. I'm not going to comment because they have they some get trolled a lot. People. They get trolled a lot because they deserve to get trolled a lot. Like, I, I, I don't want to go super political, but they like literally like tweeted something out where they were like, open all of the churches. It's about time. It's like, no, we're in lockdown. Like, this is like hard. And we've all been so, anyway, like just like a sports magazine, like telling the prime minister to open all the churches was kind of mad. And anyway, just just a weird, weird, weird weird magazine so i don't believe any of it we'll see when the call-ups come out and speaking of the ethnic e there was a bit of news with jurgen klopp klopp said he's considering not letting any of the liverpool players go for international break in other words for the greek national team that means no timikas so because of the the Premier League is telling all the coaches if your players leave, if they're going outside of the country, they're going to have to quarantine when they come back. Klopp, act, uh, Klopp, obviously, with the issues that are going on at Liverpool, the injury issues, can't really afford to deal with now quarantine players on top of that, is saying he won't allow them. This has caused some uproar in social media. Uh, we've had quite a few people commenting on it, upset with this. One, because Tsimikas really isn't playing for Liverpool. So they're saying, why does he care if he's not playing? Look, guys, Tsimikas got injured. It's been a, a rough season with COVID and everything. And Klopp, Klopp's thing, he did this at Dortmund too. Klopp has a few players that he just sticks with and he runs them into the ground. That front three that he has there never gets alternated. Robertson is also never getting alternated. That's just the type of coach he is. It's better for us to wait and see how things go. And then when the seasons kind of return to normal next year, we judge at that point. But I don't think we should be getting too upset with him and the way some Greeks are treated. That conversation just devolved into Greeks never get a chance in England, which isn't exactly true. And comparing Tsimikas to Mitroglou and Mavropano and other Loretzos, other players that have been playing in the Premier League in the last few years. And it's just, guys, calm down. Tsimikas is going to be fine. He's been through this before. Guys, not two years ago was Tsimikas sitting behind Leonardo Kutris. He waited and then took his chances when they came and, and became the star that he is. So relax. He's been in this position before. He knows he has to wait for his chance. And when it comes, he's going to have to earn it. I, I know we love, like, uh, as Greek people, this underdog mentality. <laughs> that was so funny to me. Just like, Greeks don't get a chance in England. Like, what, Egyptians get a chance in England? Like, Mo Salah, like, given a chance. I, I don't know, man. Like, just like, there's so many dudes. Like, what, Nabi Keita from Guinea? Ghanaian players are given the chance but those Greeks man they <laughs> they don't like them they they mess their careers up. like that narrative was hilarious to me like they just don't like our Greek players you know like 
literally Yanakopoulos, Donis. Just the list goes on of Greek players who, in the past at least, who have played in England, and it, it it's a bit maddening and uh, not based in fact at all. And think about Jurgen Klopp. I've been saying this from Pedro Martins. I wouldn't send our players, Olympiacos players, for national break either. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic. What happens when they come back and get everyone sick, and then we have to lose a lose out on a Champions League campaign like we did because of? Can we remind everyone what happened to our Champions League campaign because of coronavirus? Hassan was out for three months. El Arabi missed the most important games. Just Mari Kamara missed important games. I, it's public health, and these people are not idiots. Like You get on planes, and you travel, and you mix with a group of people you haven't mixed before. Coronavirus is bound to, to pop up and can derail a campaign. I'm not mad at Jurgen Klopp for that. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. It's tough, man. I mean, it is what it is. But we'll we'll deal more with uh, the Greek national team when things get a little closer. And in other news today, we had some Greek Cup results to wrap up after the Aris Libyakos game today. We now know the four teams that are going on into the semifinal stage: Yanina with a crazy two-leg upset over Panathinaikos. Hilarious. Ike, despite losing today, go through. Bauk, who go through comfortably as well. Those are the four teams that we have going into the semifinals. It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes up. I'm more or less ambivalent about this because I'm more concerned about just cementing the league and Europa League. The cup is a bonus, we're already seeming like we're treating it like that because we're rotating constantly through these, playing our second and third string goalkeepers. But we're still alive in the competition, which is good, but we do have more important fish to fry. Yeah, it really seems like there's no appetite for the cup at all from Pedro Martins. And also, I kind of want to say from the fans, at least from my angle, like we were losing today 1-0 and was getting down there 80th minute 85th minute and I was just like I wasn't feeling anger about losing it it was like okay the, the cup is just I, I think this goes back to the the football association it's just so messed up these days like it it was there's no super league two there's no even lower division sides at all so it's just like I don't know it's just been a broken process from the beginning I've really not enjoyed it I don't think anyone's really enjoyed it and it just there's just nothing to it. I I, I, I don't know. It, uh, of course, we want the trophy, but it it, it it just, there's no motivation. Like, we're not Panathinaikos who can't finish fourth in the league and need it to get Europa League. So, you know, it, it's kind of just useless other than, like, saying we won the double. So, we'll see. I, I assume moving forward that we're going to put out a stronger team to try and, especially if we draw, a bigger team. So we're going to have to see. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it is what it is. So time to move on to the real reason we're here, which is the post-match discussion uh, for both the Volos game earlier this week and the cup game. So let's start with that Volos game. That game was pretty ugly and the stats also kind of showed it just going into the XG, the expected goals for both teams 
Olympiacos was 0.91 and Volos was 0.33. Neither team really amassing enough solid opportunities to really, really for anyone to say, oh, they should have scored more or he should have scored more. It was an ugly game. But you can't say Olympiacos didn't dominate that game either. Volos didn't complete 200 passes. They completed a total of 194 passes. That's pretty much par for the course with some of these lower table sides. They barely get on the ball. And they also had a team accuracy of 70%. They were misplacing passes everywhere. So for anyone to say that Volos, and by anyone, I'm talking about the Complexares, who were basically saying, oh, the game was gifted to Olivia Goss. Volos should have had it. No. If you can't complete as a team more than 70% of your passes, you have no buildup. If you can't complete 200 passes, you're barely holding on to the ball. That's not to say that they didn't have some spurts of play here and there where they couldn't do anything. But on the on the whole, top down, that's not a good look. Doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really work probability-wise that things are gonna work in their favor. So it just doesn't make sense. Now, in terms of some more, let's say, troubling things, we did concede our 10th set-piece goal since December 20th, 2020. We have conceded 13 goals, total goals, 10 of which have been non-penalty set-piece goals. That is troubling. This is very troubling. We talked about the issue, uh, zonal marking. We've been using the zonal marking scheme, and it just seems like people are staying open, getting left open. Nobody's picking them up, and it seems to be a problem. And everyone has been pointing to it, that we need to switch back from a zonal marking scheme to a man-to-man scheme. So we went back, and we looked at all of the free kicks we've been taking. And guys, we've been using the zonal marking system all year. It seemed to work just fine in the first half of the season. It was shaky at bits, but it never led to us conceding like this. So you have to wonder, is zonal marking itself the problem? Or is there something else going on? Maybe communication. Maybe with some of the new signings, There's an issue with communications. Who is calling what things out? How are our players getting around and how are they they taking up their roles? Some part of the chemistry here is unbalanced. And obviously it happened after the window. We have literally half of the starting four are new. We have a new left back, new right back. People seem to forget that just joined in the winter window. Lala, who was basically at the end of the window. So these guys, of course, need some more time. Oleg has never really been excellent in set-piece defending from the get-go. That's always been something we've been uh, kind of concerned about since he arrived. So the question is, is zonal marking the issue? Or is this something that we have to hope will fix itself because it's worked before? Lambda, what do you think? Uh, I, I, I don't know. It, it's a problem, but 
I remember actually, th- this is funny now that we're playing Arsenal. I remember, because of course we're Arsenal fo- football club. You know, everyone in Greece has two teams. They 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 have their team abroad and it's a team in Greece. So anyway, um, I, I would say my team's Ajax and Arsenal. But anyway, it's nothing for the matter. Arsene Wenger stuck by that zonal marking. <laughs> like, I remember as Arsenal, watching Arsenal games, it was just... <laughs> I, I don't know, so frustrating to watch that zonal marking and Arsenal used to concede corner after corner after corner. And they still do. They, I think they still use zonal marking as well. So I don't know. It's going to be funny. Both of us incompetent defending set pieces going into the tie uh, next week. But yeah, I we, we, we've been doing zonal marking the whole time Pedro Martins has been here, right? So it it's only been this recent thing. Again, the back line has changed. I don't know if I would change the zonal marking. Do I love it? No. But do I think there's another option at this point? No. Like, there's been no preseason. Are we going to take that drastic of a change? I don't know. I just remember one other thing. Whenever we play Pauk, it was like, the set pieces are unlocked. There's no problem. And then, like, Ingerson and Varela win like 40 headers a game and we we concede to them like it seems like every time we play Pauk we concede to freaking Ingerson want to throw my laptop out the window yep that, that's exactly exactly how it always is but I think in when it comes to adjusting our set piece marking system I don't see how, with such short notice, Pedro Martins can do an entire scheme change. We're not just going to go from zonal marking to -to man-to-man. It just can't happen. It's not realistic. This isn't FIFA that we're playing on on the sticks here. We are. This is the real game. And that type of adjustment, going from zonal to man marking, I think will cause more harm, will do more harm than good. Because it's a whole new scheme, and the players have to rely on communicating even more to discuss who they're picking up. I'm picking up this guy. I'm picking up this guy. And if communication is the root cause of this problem, all man-to-man marking will do, or I should say the switch to -to man-to-man marking will do is exacerbate it. It's not going to make it better. It will make it worse. So I think we just have to hope that it fixes itself and that we continue working on these set pieces, continue working on our communication and hope, hope, hope that things get you know a little bit better Uh, but before we move on to the next part of the show there is something that was bothering me a little bit because I saw during the Volos game when we conceded our 10th set piece goal there were some I won't necessarily call them fair weather Olympiacos fans but I will just say I don't necessarily think these people follow the club day in and day out because after that goal was scored, it was, oh, we conceded to Volos. This this defense is trash. We conceded four goals to PSV. Trash. We need to clean house. After halftime of the second leg of PSV, dead weight on this on this team. Got to get rid of it. The defense is terrible. Semedo's got to go. This guy's got to go. That is utter nonsense. It is the dumbest shit I have ever heard in my life. Guys, our defense is near unbeatable in open play. Against Volos, we were unbeatable. Volos had 16 positional attacks, two counters. 
How many shots do you think came about those those total plays? Lamba, just guess. I know you don't look at the data, so just give me a guess. I'm going to put two. One. Guess what the total X goal threat was from open play, whether by positional attack or counter by Volos. What do you think it was? It's got to be at least like 0.5, no? 0.03, Lambro. 0.03. It wasn't even a 0.1. No. 18 total attacks, whether counter or attacks from open play. And guess what? 0.03. It might as well be zero. That means that Volos basically had no shot. They had no shot of doing this. They had no shot of finishing. They had no shot of doing anything this game. Unbeatable. Let's go to the PSV game, Lambro. Let's go back to those two games. What do you think PSV's open play XG was? Say 1.52. And we're going to include counters as well. No, lower. One, it has to be point six. Lombro, point six in the second leg. What do you think it was in the first leg? Uh, in the first leg, first leg, yeah, one, one, they scored two goals. Point six again, point six five in open play. This team is fantastic in breaking down attacks, in deflecting them, in forcing them outside so that teams can't get viable pressure against us so if you're saying our defense is bad quite frankly you don't understand the game of football and you're wrong that's it this team has made so many improvements at the defensive end considering we have two new pieces at the starting position half the defense half the starting defense brand new guys Ole make that Lala. three Make that three now. We'll make that three now. Exactly. With the injuries. God knows what happened to Ba. But Socrates, right. We have three new additions to the defense at the winter break. And in open play, nobody can break us down. We have one problem, and it's set pieces. Guys, this is a good problem to have. I mean, no problem is good, but you know what I mean. Most of the other issues with the team, this is viable. This is really good for European competition. We have one thing that we really need to improve on, but otherwise, most of the other facets of our game are pretty good. So don't tell me that our defense sucks and we need to start getting rid of players. Semedo sucks. He needs to go F off to Portugal or wherever. Ba is, you know, if anybody complaining about Ba, you shouldn't be an Olympiacos fan at all. Get the hell out of here. This is ridiculous. Everybody needs to calm the hell down. Insane rant. I, I have to say that was such a good rant. But also, I want to say, Manuel da Costa's not walking through the door, baby. We, there's no all. <laughs> there's no superstar defenders walking in that door right now this summer. Is Botia available from freaking wherever he is? China, Saudi Arabia. I don't know. Is Ali Sissoko still playing football? I need that star left back on my team. There's no perspective with the Fairweather fans. There is no perspective. I, I just love it so much. They're like, like, we're the legends. We should be, like, dominating all the time. It's like, bro, like, we literally had Alexi Romao, like, Manuel da Costa, like, freaking Stefano Capino three years ago. Yeah. You people are so stupid. Like, 
Now you're complaining about Ruben Semedo, who's like a 20 million euro defender. Usain Uba is probably going to be a 20 million euro defender. Oleg, who's well on his way to double digit euro transfer market value. Lala, we got on a free transfer worth over 10 million euros as well. Like Jose saw 15 million euros as well. We literally had 500,000 euro players like four years ago. (laughs) Four years ago. It's ridiculous. In the same positions. Freaking Paredes. Does anyone remember Paredes? Played for like half a season. He's now playing in the Ecuadorian league. I Googled this a while ago. Like, what do you people want? I just don't get it. I like, I don't get it. Paredes isn't walking through the door. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what they want. They want I don't Robinson. know, man. I don't know what they want. I don't know. And the funniest part was I saw mainly these were mainly Greek, like Greeks in Greece saying this. I saw some Greek Twitter after when Duvikas went on the right side and he nutmegged Ba, and they were getting upset. A couple people calling Ba Duvlo because he got nutmegged by Duvikas and then ended up drawing a foul. He he took the nutmeg, but then boxed Duvikas out and drew a foul. That's you don't that's you don't really want a defender to do much else than that that's that's how okay you know what he got nutmeg whatever but Duvigas couldn't get around him so I don't get what you're complaining about he did what he was supposed to do okay maybe Duvigas kicked the ball through his legs but if he didn't go anywhere with it who cares who cares not me as long as he gets the ball away from him or draws a foul that's all I care about now I will say this Duvigas had a couple of nice plays down that right side he actually dribbled quite well. He even had that sequence where he dribbled through two people. He got through uh, Oleg and then Socrates came in and he went around Socrates as well. So credit to him. He didn't have that bad of a game. Yeah, the, kid, the kid's good. He's good. I, I I always thought he was good too when he played for Asteras. He played a few times against us and I was like, and of course, everyone knows my love for football manager. He was decent on football manager. would always pick him up. And but I, I there's just no perspective too. We just played an insane European draw or European tie, I should say. High energy, incredibly emotionally training. You play Monday in Volos, like uh, okay, like it's gonna be difficult to get get yourself up for Volos. And then three days later, you play Harris. Like we played three pretty intense games in seven days. It's it's difficult, especially when you come off those European games. The focus is so high, and then you try to calm down a little bit. You're drained, and again, it, it, it it's difficult. I I don't know what what people expect. Like I at this point in the season, when you're playing so many games, it's just about the results, you know. It, it's just we're not going to beat teams five nil playing the most beautiful football in February in Volos. Like I I don't know. Again, I again no perspective. We, as we mentioned earlier, I have to say Cardozo's not walking through the door to bang in the hat tricks, people. So <laughs> I don't know what we're looking for. I don't know what we're looking for. It's tough. It's tough. But speaking on Duvikas, we did get a very interesting question from a pretty frequent guest of ours, Michael Vicini from Elas Football. And Michael had asked us on Twitter whether or not Duvikas could be called up and whether he should be called up for the national team. So we did, we did a bit of a deep dive on Duvikas. Obviously we all don't watch every single game of Volos, a couple of the, uh, the games against the big teams, plus the games against us. So we jumped into the data 
And Scout actually ranks him as the number two striker slash center forward in the Greek Super League for a couple of reasons. His efficiency with respect to both shots on target and goals, we'll call it shot conversion and goal conversion, is pretty good. I mean, the he's not the best in those respects, but he's up there. He's in the top tier in the league as well as amongst other strikers. In terms of goal conversion, literally just over a quarter of his shots are goals. That's not bad. The The range is only about up to 30% with that. So it, it's pretty good. Shot conversion is just over 50%. Again, not the best, but not he's he's in that upper tier. He's in that top like five or six players. So again, that's pretty good. Now, another stat that was really interesting to me, and in the beginning, I didn't pay much mind to it until I got the context for it and watched some of the film. He is one of the highest rated players in the Greek league when it comes to long pass reception. Now, some of you might look at that and say, oh, well, Volos can get pinched in deep and they just launch balls forward. And that's actually not the case. Duvikas, he's a squirrely little guy. He gets himself out of these man-marking situations and creates space for himself. Sneaks behind them and his players see him. And it's something that the players seem to look for all the time. They'll see him start to make a run, launch a ball at his direction. He'll scoop it up and get moving. And there you go. You have a counter situation. He seems to do that pretty frequently, or at least more frequently than most other players, not just in his position, but in the league. Very interesting statistic with that. Uh, It goes without saying he has above average dribbling ability. Let's just let's just say that he has a neat little touch. He seems to be pretty privy to that um, that that touch where he touches it kind of with uh, not the instep, but with the laces of his shoe ankle locked. And then he'll quickly cut with the outside of his foot in in and out sort of type thing. Uh, And it's very quick. He seems to catch a lot of people flat footed with it and create some space. Uh, he can he can keep the ball pretty tight. He has a decent center of gravity, very decent control. He has great ability for hold-up play. And again, we saw that. We discussed the nutmeg against Ba, the dribbling sequence against Oleg and Socrates. He can get out of a pinch, and he can also make a play here and there when needed. It also goes without saying, he is third in goal scored in the Super League. He's behind currently El Arabi and Barales. Uh, His XG is also 9.2. So he's not just scoring goals that maybe are a little bit more difficult or lucky, we should say, and that conversion is going to drop down. No, he's getting into great scoring positions very frequently. And this is really important. Here's why. When it comes to the national team, what has been one of the major problems with the national team? Finishing. Every time a striker puts on the ethnic jersey, as Greg Gavalas put it, on one of our earlier episodes in the pod. When strikers put on that ethnic jersey, they just seem to not be able to finish. So getting guys on there that have a great conversion rate, that can find themselves in goal-scoring opportunities, that can get themselves open, get into places, make a play if they need to, that's what the national team is, or that's what the national team needs. And it goes without saying, he deserves a call-up at the very least. For me ideally what I would want to see for call-ups for the qualification campaign for the world cup. First and foremost, it goes without saying 
Yakumakis needs to be called up. First choice striker. Form alone should dictate this. I don't care if it's the Dutch league and everybody can score. He's just hammering them away. Nobody's scoring even close to the same rate he is. Not even that prodigy Malin that all we that's all we heard about before we played PSV. So Yakumakis, there is no question he should be called up and probably be the starter. Now, my second choice, kind of based on what we've seen in the past, but also based on form, would be what Scout cons- the person who Scout considers to be number two in the Eredivisie in terms of the center forward position. This might surprise some of you, but Pavlidis. Now, Pavlidis isn't a prolific goal scorer, not the same way Yakumakis is, but Pavlidis as we know, is a better hold-up player. He has better dribbling ability, and he can contribute to those goal-scoring opportunities. He's more, we could say more of like a false nine in that respect. He's not an out-and-out goal scorer, but the guy will move around. He can play in multiple positions, and he's pretty good in hold-up play. Now, he's been frustrating for the Ethniki so far, but based on form, Pavlidis would be my call-up and kind of a striker that I would use, and I think this is how JVS sees him as just an alternative to what's available with the given strikers. And then my third call-up would be Duvikas. Why the hell not? For the above reasons, and from what we've seen from other strikers so far, there's no reason Duvikas shouldn't get at least get a call-up. Listen, they've all been kind of tragic, no? Um, Pavlidis reminds me of a freaking Greek brownie day. You run all day and do nothing. Like, the dude could not score he, he just he, he reminds me of like a track star brownie day like literally just running up and down the field giving us the press giving us the press giving us and then 90 minutes go by and you go what did we just watch nothing and i i don't love him who else is out there funtas didn't he get injured i i is he alive donis is he alive he's in the netherlands too i it's a calamity. I I I I would start Yakumakis. I think that's for sure. And then I don't know. Is the what's his name? Barales from Masteras. Does he have a Greek passport? I would <laughs> get, call him get up. Get him on there. I would call him up, man. Like <laughs> the the options are slim, as they say. I, gee, I hey, I, just get the youth brigade out there. Yakumakis number one. Binakas Duvikas. I know, I, I, you know, I know Binakas may serve better as a ten, but he's still competent as a striker. Get the youth brigade out there. Who cares? Honestly, just Zoli said strike. I no, I'm not even. Didn't we try it. that before? I don't know, man. It, it's oh God. I, is it really already March and we have to talk about <laughs> the the national team? I I remember like in November, I'd be like. Wait, what was it like a draw against Slovenia? It was like March is so far away. We never have to talk about this national team. I woke up and it's March and it's my nightmare. It's it's my nightmare. Can I make one real comment, a quick comment? Uh, one of the, <laughs> the assistant coaches for John Van Chip, Vakanakis, I don't know his name. I think he's like Greek-Australian or something. He posted a picture. He's like, the the work is done before the game and it's like him watching spanish film with like these like mathematical equations and i was like what are these what mathematical equation is telling you like bacaseta staflidis like zavelas i was just like trying to think like i need peter's phd to like come out here i know he's good at math it's called the mathematics of bullshit 
that's yeah. what it is <laughs> and I, I i it was i i wanted to troll him so hard but you know our social medias are very uh dignified our social media so we i did not do it but yeah i've been biding my time i've just been hanging by the goal post on the goal line waiting for the keeper to make a mistake and drop the ball and you know run towards it there was a maybe you know maybe a bit of match fixing going on it may have been discussed at the half time but you know i've just been biding my time been biding my time Hopefully so. How's it going, guys? <laughs> it's going well. <laughs> it's going good. Uh, sorry, I'm a bit late. So no, yeah, no, sorry, I'm I'm chipping in on this national team discussion now. Did we start talking about the centre backs and you know Socrates and Manuel Laz rumors? Do we? Want oh, to get, we we touched on we that want to get into that now? Do you, we we can get deeper into one. it. I I went on a little rant about sport time being the worst. Okay, I really don't want to burn the bridge with sport time because some of the reporters are good, but it this. Gate 7 International does not endorse these comments, but Sport Time is hot garbage, everyone. I hate that newspaper so much. It is probably, like, there's a few, like, maybe it's the fascist newspaper, maybe it's the communist newspaper, and then it's, like, Sport Time, you know, like, just, like, absolute, not going to swear, BS that flies out of that newspaper. And I honestly think they only post these rumors for the diaspora Clicks. because the diaspora is the only people who care about the national team so they're like what will get clicks from like people in new york and uh london and abroad and they're like monolas coming back to the national team will do it for sure and they because it hasn't been reported anywhere else we have to say that right so the only thing they haven't said is that siovas is going to be getting a call back as well they're waiting for that one they're sitting but on it I feel like we could have a separate pod discussion on on the whole Socrates Manolas and the whole defense situation of the ethnic year. So I'm can not going I'm not gonna get into that now. But maybe we can make a promise to listeners ahead of the ahead of the upcoming games that we will tackle that. I I think that's fair. And can we say real quick, Socrates is getting better every game. Tonight yep. was nice. Tonight was good, right? Yep. Like he's slowly starting to remind me of that player I, I loved when he played for the national team. I fell out of love with him when he went to Arsenal. I feel like every defender just turns into shambles when they go to Arsenal. And it's, But he, he's starting to remind me of that player and the passion and the sliding in. And it's good. I, I don't know if you, you guys remember this, but he was at the halfway line. The referee called offside and he went to like go he was yelling at the referee about something and then he went to go take it quickly and the referee like put his foot in to stop him from taking the free kick Pedro Martins was like gonna kill the referee and it's just like he was just freaking passionate about a Thursday night game against Addis. like I was like this is fantastic stuff I was all about it it's good I mean he's always been a guy that's been pretty passionate when he's on the field but it's really nice to see him start to get that form back and I hope he can find his way back to the national team, but I'm going to hold my breath on that. And we'll definitely revisit this when we see the call-ups and when we see what actually happens for those first couple of games. Um, but moving on, let's get into that, that post-match, this post-match against Adis. We all want to talk about it. The glorious, glorious, glorious steal from Bukalakis, the king of thieves, picking pockets, Man, this guy, 
I love the super Greek tweet that he had about this. Bukhailakis is the guy that the Greek government needs to hire to steal the Parthenon mar- marbles from England. This is the guy to get the job done. He'll be in and out before anyone knows what happened. Glorious, 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 glorious. I, I got to give a shout out to, I, I give a shout out to him every, every episode. My boy Roland, we're watching the game, my Dutch friend. And we're just hanging out, watching this game, having some beer. And literally, I'm just checking my phone because it was like a goal kick. or it was I don't even remember what it was. The goalkeeper took the ball, and I was just like checking my phone, about to rant about something as I do. And the, the announcer goes crazy and, and, and yelling, go, go, go. And I look up, and it just Bukhalaki celebrating. I was like, how the hell did this happen? Because... If something like this is to happen, you'd think, okay, El Arabi stuck his toe in, or like Hassan, unfortunately, still on the pitch. I believe so. So it was just like weird, you know. It was it was kind of surreal. I I don't know. And then it was just a terrible game. I hated watching that. I'm gonna be honest, that was terrible. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of. Mm. Not so good aspects of that game. Hassan didn't do himself any favors. I thought he had a really poor game. Did he act? Did anything positive come off? I mean, besides like a His back hold pass up play in there, is so bad. It well, is we know just, it's bad, but I but mean, like, today was like there. There were times where the ball was in pass. Well, forget the simple pass. The ball would like come to him and he would figure out a way to contort his body around the ball and not touch it. He would have like four seconds. And be all around the ball, but somehow the defender would get there and then in the split second, just get the ball from him. Like, man, just put something. Get your body on the ball somehow to just to get this ball down. I don't know, man. I I find myself like he'll he'll have one of those tap-in master classes and I'll be like, oh, this is, you know, I just got to let the other stuff go. This is what he's here for. And I got to let the other stuff slide. But then I see it, I'm like, oh, what is this? Who is wasting one of our glorious spots on the field with this garbage? Yeah, I tweeted it out. I'll claim credit for that one. When when you saw like Hassan start and Lazar start, Lazar has not done anything in six months, I swear to God. And I, I just wish Maxi Lovera got this chance. Like It would have been nice to see Maxi Lovera in the second half of this season play the Lazar minutes to be honest with you is I we need Peter to run a loan update on how he's doing over there in Argentina but just I guess he, he was better than usual can we say that better than yeah. usual but still incredibly mediocre and I it, it doesn't help again when you have um when you have Jolebas on on one side as well and he's more defensive I thought no I enjoyed Jolebas today I Ever since he's become the backup, I've actually enjoyed him more and more. Um, but it, it, I, I don't want to hamper back onto it, but it was just such a mediocre game. It was t- to watch, and it's clear we played three games in a week. And yeah. even though it's a second rotated team, this team has traveled to Eindhoven and back to Athens. It's traveled to Volos. It traveled back to Athens. It traveled to Salonika, and now these guys need a... It, it is Friday morning European time or Central European time. And these guys go again Sunday, Sunday afternoon. It's not a Sunday night kickoff. Yep. These guys are going to play again in almost 48 hours. 
this is unreal, man. That's unreal. Unreal scheduling. Like, I I don't know. I, I would be dead as a person from traveling that much on buses, on oh, yeah. planes, and and 48 hours, essentially 72 hours max. Like, people think this stuff's easy because you're traveling in Greece, but like, it's even worse when you travel in Greece because you got to take the bus to Volos. You got to freaking. I you, you fly to Salonika, but still, it's just it's tough, man. And I don't know. I I understand why the team has been ha, has been playing poorly, and why this game ha, was not entertaining, and the game against Volos wasn't entertaining. And I give them slack. I I honestly think uh, the game against La Mia, you just have to you have to rotate everything. You you gotta Kuipers needs to play again. Tiago Silva needs to play because Arsenal is a a week away, people. It's a week away. I, I, I kept thinking it was longer, but the <laughs> the clock's against us, and that's that's in part thank thankfully to our insanely competent football association. Just incredible. Yeah, we were DMing with a good friend of the pod, Hanu, who we've brought up a couple of times uh, on our episode down on social media as well, and. He DM'd and he's like, "Oh my god, Lubiakos is playing again! Didn't didn't you guys just play a couple of days ago?" And we were like, "Yeah," and we play again on Sunday. So we never get favors. We're not getting favors from Epo, you know. For a friendly game, you know, we sure we sure ate a lot of fouls. Of course, uh, a gift of a penalty for Adis, one of the softest penalties I've ever seen, where the contact started out of the bo- outside the box. But whatever, we're gonna let that go, you know. The uh, the fix was in. The fix was in. Usainu Ba's own goal. Oh, that was on purpose, just to make it seem like it wasn't a friendly. You know, the uh, I was joking around with uh, with uh, George from LS Football, the host of the LS Football podcast as well, and we were joking around on Twitter. You know that the loss to Panathinaikos was just to you know just to make everybody think that you know the, there's no friendlies and that this this isn't our season. And I went further and said, you know what? We should give Balk a consolation win as well because once we give them a consolation win, any notion of conspiracy will be out the door. All of it. They'll be like, oh, yeah, we won fair and square. That's that's how it is. It's a, You guys are – this is just a lucky season. We've got injuries. Forget it. Forget it. Everyone – it's always it's always a conspiracy. It always is. It, I, yeah, that's the – I think you hit the nail on the head with the, it's always a conspiracy. It's like – literally anything that happens it's fixed like it's so funny they're like of course Aris would score the first goal you idiots it was like like what no like if the fix was in I feel like it would be so much anyway I the fix being in I I don't know but but also I one thing I want to hit on with this fixes in bs with Aris is freaking Mario's Versailles almost tore his ACL like Think about the players, too, involved in this. Like, players are giving everything, and they're almost getting injured. Players are getting injured. And yep. Mario's Versailles almost tore an ACL in his friendly against Aris, our, one of our youngest talents, one of our brightest stars this, this season. Like, in what world, in what friendly do you have your star player risk tearing an ACL? It, it It's unreal. Like... I, it's gotten to the point where 
it, we can joke about it, but I think it's just like disrespectful to, to some of the players as well because like some I Lucas Sasha like putting two foot tackles into people like Jesus Christ like in what world is that a friendly do you know what I mean like watching those games and watching the tackles fly in and the way Adi's players are playing the way we're playing really like did did you see when Alera Habi jumped in the face of the goalkeeper and like almost was yelling at him like in what world is this a friendly like I, I don't get it I, I don't get it and the goal was weird yes but how is that match fixing? I, I just don't know. I, I, this is why you're wasting your breath and energy. You should exactly. Just, you can't and even pay it any mind. And this is why I root for you all to burn and fail Greek clubs. I'm sorry. I had to say <laughs> it in hell? Europe. I always root for you to burn and fail secretly, but other than the coefficient, but like you guys are scum and hopefully you fail and lose to Azerbaijani teams in the future, like usual. Anyway, you do not want to wish that. You realize that makes our life yeah, harder. No, right? I, it makes our life harder, but it also is just because I certainly don't want Olympiakos playing eight games Dude. over the summer. I, I know you, you don't. know Epo does when you know Epo doesn't care about us. So <laughs> why would like, I ever want that? You know the the meme, and it's just like the the member of parliament, and he goes, Allah. Losing to freaking Azerbaijani teams in like freaking June of the summer season ended three weeks ago to qualify for what is it called? Conference League. The European Conference League. That is what you are. That is what you always will be. Freaking scum. Anyway, that that rant was for you, Mario Sursai, my boy. Anyway, that's yeah, you can't can't give into that. Look. As as somebody as somebody who played, uh, I played a lot growing up. I've seen that stuff happen before. When it's getting late into a game and it's pretty tight, well, relatively high stakes. I've seen at tournament level, uh, in the Olympic development level, and the national level, goalkeepers and stuff that happened to my team. In regional championships, our goalkeeper did something like that. I didn't even see the guy. And he just came up, scooped it away from my goalkeeper when he pushed it a little bit too far out. There are lapses in judgment like that that happen. When you're tired and it's late in the game and you're hyper-focused on one thing, it's like tunnel vision. It happens on the field. And this is how I can always tell who has and hasn't played at a competitive level. Because... It happens. It sucks and it's stupid and it makes that goalkeeper look like an amateur, but it happens. It doesn't happen very often, but it happens. Bukalakis took advantage. Listen, he got caught up. The goalkeeper wasn't paying any attention to him. The goalkeeper, you know, was probably fatigued, mentally fatigued as well, and didn't notice it. Doesn't mean the fix is in. He got caught blindsided. He was made it look like a fool. That's just it. That's it. There's no conspiracy. There's something called Hanlon's razor, guys. Don't explain with malice what can be explained by stupidity. And that's what this was. It was stupidity by the goalkeeper. Plain and simple. And I think there's some context, too. Like, have people played football when you're defending a lead and there's 10 minutes left? And it's just wave on wave, like because that what it that's what it was there at the end. Yeah, you get tired running around back and forth, side to side, especially when 
it's a proper team. We were passing the ball side to side, wing to wing, and they were pressing. I, I, they, the announcer made that clear. Like, and and the announcer didn't have to say anything. Anyone with eyes could see it. They were pressing. They were still keeping tight to us. That is tiring. They did that for almost thirty minutes, and it's, it's not just tiring for players on the field because as a goalkeeper, you got to keep your head active and you got to stay focused and it's tough stuff and I I had a feeling the goal was coming there at the end anyway because it's it was just too long of sustained pressure but it came that way and you know hey maybe the coaching staff told Buharakis to do that or maybe he saw it um during the time wasting that the the goalkeeper was doing because he was doing that quite a quite a few times or maybe he was tired and taking his time to get up and then when he saw the goalkeeper launch the ball ahead of him, he was like, oh, man, let me at least try it. No, <laughs> for sure. Took off. Listen, we're not going to get too much more into it because we could do it for hours. Uh, as we begin to start to wrap up, we didn't do coaching grade or man of the match for Volos. So let's quickly go through Lambro. Coaching grade, man of the match for Volos, and then we'll do coaching grade and man of the match for Aris. So to start, give us the coaching grade, your coach's grade for Volos, and give us man of the match for Volos as well. Listen, both these games I never want to remember again, other than the Bukhalaki's goal. Like, I literally, like, I've almost seared the Volos game out of my mind already. It was, like, just one of those... I'm just, I literally don't even remember the substitutions. I'm just going to give Martins an A. Jan and Via, Mike King scoring another goal. Never fails me. Um, yeah, and then man of the match. It's got to be Jan and Via, you know, match winner, saving us. Just one of the best midfielders ever, anyway. And against I think I'll just give Martins an A. I'm actually going to go for the first game. Um, first game, I'm going to go with Fortunis because I thought he did quite well in in that the game against volos uh making some opportunities and of course he bags the first goal so i'm actually going to give it to fortunis just to be different from you uh and i'll give martins uh, you know i guess i'll give him a i'll give him a, a b uh for that one and for the sake of time i won't go too much into the explanation but for adis adis i'll give him a, an a minus uh, I love that triple change he did. Martin seems to be getting into this triple change, like 65th, 70th minute. He's loving this. Uh, and it works. I mean, three changes. It's a huge gamble, but it's paid off both times he's done it. I like it. I hope he keeps doing it and throwing it in there once in a while. It completely changes things. The pressure was up tempo towards the end of that second half. Stuff was happening, but I'm going to give the man of the match for the Adis game has to be Bukalakis for me. He had a great game. In the first half, he had a couple of nice balls forward, some dangerous opportunities. He overcooked the ball to Masuras. That would have been pretty dangerous had he kind of kept it on the ground. But he had some good looks. I thought he played very well. And then, of course, like, how can you not give a man of the match for just the swiper swipe of a goal that that was? Bukalakis came in, the king of thieves. For those of you that played Skyrim, his thievery is at level 100. That's it. Came in, scoop, goal, man of the match. That's it. That's going to be on highlight reels for a while. Bukalakis, the midnight thief. I love it. I love it. If you're in London right now, lock your doors. Hide your kids. Hide your wives. 
and I had your husband's too. Bukalakis is coming. And he's going to come in, takes up. You yeah, we'll have no idea what he's coming for. I love it. I love it. I hope the King of Thieves steals one just like this in London. I hope he does it at Kataskaki when they come visit us. Love it. And uh, yeah, I think I already said B plus for uh, Martins. All right, what he's gonna steal it and then miss kick it into the freaking third row of the stands. Don't do that. One touch pass. Don't do that. He doesn't deserve that. I, I'm sorry, Buhalaki. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, so my man of the match for the first game. What am I saying? Jan and Via King A plus for Martins. Love it. Uh, second game, Buhalaki scored the goal. Triple change, loved it. A plus Martins. Olympiakos rides on. We <laughs> we go. I I pro- people are gonna think I don't watch this either games, but seriously, people like these sometimes, games are literally just. Sometimes I think that too. Sometimes I'm it, just kidding. Yeah, sometimes it can't come out because, yeah, it, it it happens. But I do watch the games, but some of these games I try to burn out of my memory, and then we have a podcast, and I try to remember what. <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing and the volus game frustrated me but i remember jan and via playing well so yeah he did I, anyway let's just wrap it up I, I'm, yeah I'm uh, it's about that time i don't even know how long we've been at this for but it's been a really weird uh, you i don't know if you guys can tell but this is a weird recording session for us a lot of weird stuff going on here uh technical difficulties whatever but hopefully this episode gets to you and it's not completely ruined Anyway, thank you for listening, especially if you've made it this far. We had some fun doing this despite the problems, the situations that arose out of nowhere. Uh, Don't forget to give us a follow if you don't already. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Gate7IN as in Nancy TL. That is Gate7, the number seven. Somebody did ask us if it was the number seven or seven spelled out. It's the number seven. Gate7INTL, all social media. Give us a like, review, please review the podcast. Oh, we almost forgot. We have two new reviews on Apple, on the Apple reviews. We did get two new ones. And remember, we do read these out. So please, whether it's good or bad, five-star or not, please give us a five-star. But if it's not, we're still going to read it. So the the first new the first new review we got was from George010203. Love it. Very original name. Finally, an Olympiacos-oriented podcast. Loving it. Thank you so much, George. Thank you for listening to the pod. And we hope that you continue to do so. Uh, and the other one, Life of Horge C. Boozing with the Boys episode is top-notch. I think this is a fake alias account for our friend George. Life of George C. Tried to change the G with an H so we wouldn't know who he was, but we know. And, of course, he loves the Boozing with the Boys episode. It was his idea to do the Boosting with the Boys episode. So thank you guys again. Again, don't Another forget Another one to... coming soon. Yes, we, we are doing this again, guys. I know we brought it up a while ago. We do have another Boozing with the Boys episode. It, we haven't forgotten about it. We, we remember all the critiques that we got last time. The time is going to be much different. It's going to be much easier for our friends across the pond, across the Atlantic and Europe. Uh, and hopefully it'll be easier as well for our friends elsewhere. Uh, so we are going to do that. We're thinking about doing something maybe after a game or after possibly after the round of 16 for Arsenal, uh, getting everybody's thoughts, whatever happens, whether it's sad or whether it's happy. We'll let you know more details, but this is going to happen again. Anyway, 
Until next time, thank you guys so much. We're the Gate 7 International Podcast.